Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to my favorite work of art. With me, Dr. Laura Jane Foley. Each week, I'm joined in the studio by a guest who tells me all about an artwork that means something to them. Today, my guest is musician and music producer Andy Gill, a founding member and guitarist for the English rock group Gang of Four. The post-punk group Gang of Four was formed in Leeds in 1977 and are considered to be one of the leading bands of the late 70s and early 80s post-punk movement. Their debut album, Entertainment, was ranked as the fifth greatest punk album of all time and at number 483 in Rolling Stone magazine's 500 Greatest Albums of All Time. I'm delighted he's joining me today. Welcome, Andy. Yes, it's great to be here. So tell me, what is your favourite work of art? It's, uh, well, that's a good question. I'm not sure if it's my favourite work of art. The, the one I'm going to talk about is uh, Déjeuner dans l'atelier, Lunch in the Studio by uh, Manet. And uh, says here it was 1868. I thought it was earlier than that, but never mind. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, for the benefit of our listeners, can you describe the painting? Oh, well, you've given me 15 minutes and this is impossible. Okay, <laughs> so uh, you, what, you've got three figures around a table. Uh, there's a, a, a serving woman, a maid, standing, looking out of the canvas. There's a young man who's clearly well off well-dressed, who's staring out into space somewhere off your shoulder. There's a character sitting down at the table, bearded character, slightly more fuzzy. The, the, the young man is brightly lit and is really clear. And then on the table, you've got some oysters, some, some alcohol of some kind, probably beer or wine, um, lemon and stuff. And then you've got in the bottom left corner some armour, sort of medieval armour. And you've got... But there's a cat just next to the armour appearing to be licking itself. Top left, there's something which could be a window, but it's sort of a grid. You can't really tell what it is. And top right, you've got something which I think is probably a mirror. Mm. And there's a wall behind it. So that is the basic description of it. Mm. Why this? Why this painting? Why have you chosen this one? Um, this painting has a direct line to today. It informs us about the world that we are living in now, and the way it does that is complicated. <laughs> but I'll try and make it as simple as I can. If if we if we think about the world that Manet was in in the nineteenth century, and we think about 
the things that are in this painting, normally they would have a concrete meaning. Normally they would be rooted in, in, in their context and their meaning. So the maid, compare with uh, Chardin, where you've got lots of depictions of maids, and they are functioning, they are part of the social group, they're doing something. This maid is a cipher. She's she's kind of dislocated from the whole situation. She's functionless. The figure on the right sitting at the table, uh, the bearded man, um, bohemian, um, having a fag, uh, drinking. In he, he looks like something out of a Courbet painting. In a Courbet painting, he would be part of a social group. He would be part, it would signify, I mean, Courbet also was famous for being one of the first people to kind of identify class and to uh, and, and to be modern and to identify middle class, working class people around him. That was, what, it was kind of one of the things that he's famous for. And in a Courbet painting, this man would be part of a group and would be functioning in some way in that group. Here... Again, he's just a cipher. He's just a kind of a quote. It's just like he's he's in, you know, um, scare quotes. And then we've got the the young man who's just staring at it. And there's no relationship to any of them. They don't relate to each other in any way. And then you've got the armor. What is, what would that normally mean? That would normally be nobility, some sort of heraldry. It would signify something. But then you've got the cat sitting next to it, licking itself, just. It's just random. You could think that this was a painting art about art. It could, you know, which is obviously something that in later years, in the 20th century and in this century, is a very popular theme. It's like art about art. Mm. What is it? Which is a a kind of intellectual exercise, kind of a philosophical thing, sort of about what is truth. Um, and you could read that this painting in that way. This is painting about other paintings. And in a way, I'd sort of agree with that, but I'd also say that everything has been removed from its old meaning. So things that were solid are becoming paper thin. Things are becoming hard to pin down. Mm. So the armour, as I said, is is kind of become meaningless. The the role of the individuals has become slightly yeah, they 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 don't relate to each other, which is which is really strange. Uh, the the painting the, the stuff on the table, oysters, lemon, that is just a direct quote from Dutch painting. We've all seen a thousand paintings where there's oysters and lemons, you know. Uh, uh, again, why is it, you know, it, it's sort of like a quote. A lot of this is like quoting stuff. And then you look at the back wall and it's floating. It's like a Barnett Newman. It's, it's, it's completely, you can't tell where it is. And, that, you know, the, the, what I think is a mirror at the top right, you can't pin it down in space. The, the sort of grid thing, which might be a window on the top left, again, you can't pin it down. The whole thing is is 
as near as the characters as it is Baron, which is which is of course you know now we can look back and say well that's incredibly modern, but all of this stuff adds up to a breakdown in meaning and hierarchy. What it, it it's a breakdown of the norm. It's a breakdown of tradition, and it what it's saying is is the old rules don't apply. Mm. This is a new world. Mm. I think a lot of people look at this picture and they're puzzled and they can't... It's not sensationalist. It's not like Dejeuner Celebre. It's not like uh, Olympia. It's not with a fantastic nude. You know, it's... It, it's not so straightforward as that, you know. It's a little bit complicated, but that's the way I see it. Mm. I mean, I would <clears> think the arbitrary kind of placing of the the armour is almost surrealist because you don't expect to see it there. And as you say, these sort of disparate figures that don't relate to each other in the space, uh, it is it is sort of early days of that. I mean, he was moving from realism to impressionism, so it is that break in tradition that you're talking True. about. Yeah. Can you remember the first time you saw it or you came across it? Yeah, it was... Um, I had the great fortune in, the, in my second year at Leeds uh, to be to have uh, T.J. Clark as professor. Wow. And uh, it, I think Leeds Art Department at that point was a, a really alive place. So what did you study at Leeds? Well, I, I did fine art, which is, right. you know, which is traditionally a sort of mixture of your own work with art history. And you can kind of go, uh, you know, the blend can be, you know, one third, two third, whatever, mm. whatever you want, really. And... Um, I don't know, I was probably... I probably got more excited by... You know, I started... I started Gang of Four in, in the year that I started looking at this painting. And um, a lot of the ideas that we talked about, uh, that C.J. Clark was talking about, a lot of those things kind of informed uh, the way... The, 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 the attitudes and the words of, of Gang of Four... So, for example, a song like Natural's Not In It, which was on the first album, essentially it's about uh, the idea that things could be described, it could be explained by being natural. Mm. So the relation, so the woman being in the home and the man off at work, well, it's natural, isn't it? And, and so that's the song, Natural's Not In It. Uh, so, and, and, and that, I'm not saying that, you know, T.J. Clark was talking about that, but it was it's, it's a spin-off of, of some of the ideas that the, a lot of these things are, you know, are there for a reason and a lot of the ideas expressed here are about breaking down old hierarchies and old ideas. Mm. And the reason I say this does speak to this, you know, I mean, I, I kind of, I spent a lot of time looking at things from the past to help me understand the present. Um, i tend to go to, you know, I mean, for example, uh, Dead Souls, you know, I mean, that's something I read a few years ago, which which has sort of obsessed me a bit and, and which I've pinched ideas from. And, and I think it's a sort of very modern idea, but mm. it's a very old book. Um, and I think there's a, a great deal to learn from, from the past. And I think there's a tendency for people to sort of go... <laughs> This is today. This is we're in the twenty first century, mate. Um, you know what? 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 What's, what, what are the? 
what's the 19th century got to do with me? You know, and we look at pictures of the of the 50s and go, oh, look at those funny clothes they're wearing. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was five minutes ago. Mm. You know, it's mm. it's crazy. But um, there's a book out at the moment, uh, William Davis, called Nervous States, which I'm just um, dipping into at the moment. And he talks about, you know, we know at the moment that we've got a world that is sort of rather lost its way. Um, not necessarily about that. You know, there's no pejorative there. Uh, the, uh, the, you've got Trump in America. You've got Brexit here. What's going on in Italy? And uh, is the European Union going to sort of be around in 10 years' time? You know, a lot of the certainties of the past are shaking, if not being broken down. People are this. I'm, I'm sort of partly saying what he's saying, but that um, again, what was solid mm. has now become yeah. shaky, yeah. paper thin. It feels like a vibration, doesn't that? Yeah. Which was sort of the yeah. same sort of thing that was happening at the time when yeah. this painting and, and was painted. You know, it's 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 um, it's 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 become people don't want to trust the the old order, mm. and they and they don't. They don't know what news to believe. They, they, you know, everybody, everybody knows. Kids know that what they see online may or may not be true. Mm. So that they'll believe a conspiracy theory, or they'll believe uh, some fake news, and or they might and they might believe some real news. You know, but it's 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 a complete mixture. Think think we're in shaky times, and people are not really uh, people are becoming anxious and depressed and. Worried and voting for things which they wouldn't in the past have voted for, uh, and and I think that breakdown, that kind of uh, negating a pre- the previous order, what was fixed, what was solid, is what this painting's about. Mm. Can you have you seen it in real life? Can't remember. I think I have. Mm. That's interesting. So it remember. hasn't had a, it didn't have an effect on you then. If you did no, see it in real life, it didn't no have an effect on, on you in real uh, life, though. You know, I mean, I think it, uh, the way we look at painting. I mean, one of the, your ideas is the sort of emotional connection mm. to it, what it meant in your life, and and I, and I think um, uh, it's very interesting what, how we value paintings and how we think about them. How you know, uh, I think partly it's about some version of the truth, some version of a statement about the time it's in, uh, and not necessarily something where you go, oh, isn't that beautiful? There, there might be elements of, of a painting which you, you think are beautiful or visually attractive or, or in some way, but it becomes a very mysterious area where you, where you... A painting is often an argument. It's often a presenting... An argument which you can agree with, or dismiss, or not understand, or whatever. Mm. Um, some, so it's trying to give a version of the truth, and the truth was a slippery target. Mm. Oh, I'm interested. That you said that you felt this painting resonated very much with today, and you, you gave your reasons for that. So I wonder if ten years ago I'd asked you what your favourite work of art is, would you still pick this? Probably. Ah, right. Okay. <laughs> Does that negate everything I'm saying? Um, <laughs> no, not at all. We've been no, in this state of flux for a while. Yeah. I, yes, I probably. I, I, I would have said that. And um, 
you know, it, it's like if people ask me, well, is songwriting different now than it was 40 years ago? And essentially, I don't think it particularly is. I think I've I've changed. I mean, I'm a, I've either got much older, I've got different different ideas. But a lot of the ideas, the central ideas, are the same. And um, so, you know, the the idea that this this painting negates some old hierarchies and is uh, an agnostic, an atheist, or certainly an agnostic kind of painting. Um, appeals to me now as much as it did then and um, okay I admit to um, making a I don't think spurious connection with 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 today but with this minute yeah 100 yeah. years but yeah and um, what about uh, in your career as, mm. a, as an art, a music producer and a, a musician what's the artistic process for designing album covers for example I mean have you thought of using this as an album cover? Would that make sense? Would that resonate? <clears throat> no, I think it'd be too... I don't want to be too... Uh, something that we always... That John King and I, who was my, was my collaborator in the, in the beginnings of Gang of Four, uh, we would always... The sort of touchstone would be we don't want to be too... You know, we're clever anyway. We don't be too clever, clever. <laughs> yeah. And and um, and we always avoided using language that was <laughs> too clever. Uh, we wanted, you know, the point was to, you know, one of the reasons I didn't end up as a, as an artist and I ended up as a musician was because I didn't want to have, um, I didn't want people to have to go and get a degree to understand what I was on about. And and everybody understands music. Everybody understands pop music. Not the game for music, but we we kind of have a connection to pop music, mm. you know. And, uh, so I wanted to be in a medium that was understandable, uh, that you, you know, that was instant, that um, that had a depth to it. That if you if the audience was interested, they'd kind of look further, but it would also be in a kind of instant thing. Mm. I'm afraid that's all we've got time for, but thank you so much Damn. for coming in, Andy. I've only just got started. <laughs> my my manager said, um, she said, uh, I said, I'm just going to talk about a work of art. She said, oh, really? Okay. Um, which one's that then? I said, it's just painted by Manet. Andy, can't you talk about Banksy or something cool? <laughs> I was like, oh, come off it. Look, I mean, either, either this is really uncool or it's really cool. I don't know. I think it's very cool and I think it should be on your album cover, but there we go. <laughs> OK. <laughs> Today we were talking about Le Déjeuner dans l'Atelier, or in English, Luncheon in the Studio, an 1868 oil painting by the French painter Edouard Manet. Manet was born in 1832 and died aged 51 in 1883. He was a pivotal figure in the transition in the 19th century from realism to impressionism. The painting was first exhibited in the 1869 Paris Salon and along with another of his works entitled The Balcony received poor reviews. Viewers of Le Déjeuner were bewildered by the arbitrary juxtaposition of objects and subjects around the dining table and Manet was criticised for wanting to attract attention at any cost. If you would like to see the work of art we were discussing this week or carry on the conversation further, you can find me on Twitter at Laura Jane Foley. 
And if you want to discuss the show, please use the hashtag MyFavoriteWorkOfArt. The show is recorded at Wisebud in London. The title music is Blue from Colours by Dimitri Scarlatto. I hope you'll be able to join me next time. Goodbye. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.